morning. Happy Easter. I have some news. He is risen. Amen. Now, where I grew up, we say he is risen and you say, boom, there we go. Um, so glad you're here. If you're visiting, welcome. We're, we're so glad that you came. Uh, we are all about Jesus here. Uh, if you're watching online, uh, we're thankful. You know, Easter has, I have mixed feelings when I was a kid about Easter. Uh, it seemed to me to be the holiday that didn't have as many presents. We would come downstairs. Well, first I had to go through the painful process of mom buying me a new outfit for Easter. And I was the one, you remember the old days when department store and things weren't so well laid out. It was just like a big circular rack with like all the clothes just stuffed. And your, you know, your mom would do this, tick, 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 tick. They're looking through the, and now it's like, it's just a little more, you know, they thought through like how to lay it out, to catch your eye, stuff like that. But back then it was just like everything crammed into the department store. And so I found that in between, in the middle of that uh, thing, you could hide. And I would weave in between the clothes and my mom would be like, where'd you go? I need you to put these pants on. And I had this problem. My legs were husky. <laughs> So my mom could never find pants that fit me just right. I'd be like, it's too tight. It's too tight. No, take them off. So I hated it. Actually, I don't like shopping for clothes very much anymore it, now either. Like you can ask my wife. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Let's go. Old Navy. Okay, let's go. Old Navy. We go into Old Navy and I'm like, I'm not ready. Let's leave. <laughs> I can't stand it. I hate it. I'd rather just get it online. But we'd also come downstairs on Easter and excited Got your new clothes on, Easter baskets, candy, fake grass, plastic <laughs> eggs, and we had real eggs hidden around the living room. You don't want to leave one of those unfound. They can smell eventually, but fun stuff, you know, chocolate, chocolate peanut butter eggs. If you have those in your kids' baskets today, I suggest raiding it and grabbing a couple. But still felt like this, how do I connect with this? You know, if you thought about the first Easter morning, there were no baskets. There were no eggs. There were no fake grass. There were two things, though. Darkness and doubt. How's that for Easter morning? Happy Easter! It's dark, and we're all doubting this whole thing. That's what was happening. No peeps. Anybody like peeps? I like peeps. No peeps, no chocolate peanut butter eggs, no baskets, no roasts in the oven. Some of you have those going right now, and you're thinking about it. He better be on time. <laughs> no hams, certainly no hams. Think about it. Um, but nobody was sporting their Sunday best. Nobody was gathered to sing songs or to read from Scripture. Nobody got up for the sunrise service. Just didn't happen. I would say that most of the people, if you could have talked to them, we're actually tired, maybe still asleep, trying to figure out what to do next. Some of them were leaving town because it was dark. It was a dark day. It was a bad day. Much of what we read in our Bibles, especially when you think about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are called the Gospels, and they are to be eyewitness accounts or people who were interviewed that were eyewitnesses. So John and Matthew, they were there. 
Mark, Luke, they weren't there, but they interviewed the people that were. And so they put together these stories. They're trying to help you and me and other people understand. Eyewitnesses, they're important. Why is it important? Because it gives us a sense of time, 902, 2022, and place. This is made of wood and carpet, paint, Winona. I know this place. It gives you time and place. I was reading this week, uh, I'm reading this book called The Pastor. It's a memoir by Eugene Peterson, who's now with Jesus. And he talked about, he said, you know, when we talk about Christianity, we talk about what we're all trying to do. We're trying to connect with someone that is so big who can't be measured. He's mysterious. He's God. He's powerful. And we're dealing with things called souls. Can you show me your soul? No, it's this mysterious thing. And yet we're doing all of this in real time, in real place. We deal in mysteries of eternity and faith and belief and living forever, maybe we think. And we deal with it at 9.03 now, 2022. Time and place. You need a sense of time and place. But we have a problem. We're stuck in between. We're stuck in this space. So the Bible grounds us kind of gets us there, hopefully. And if you know me, if you've ever listened to me talk about the Bible, I want to be there when I read it. I don't want to be like, one day Jesus got up and said this, and it was awesome. Yay. I want to be there. I want to smell it. I want to, if they're walking through the market, I want to smell what's cooking. If there's dirt on the ground, I want to feel it underneath my feet. I want to touch something real. The Bible, the stories are there. The reason it's not just listed as a list of truths that it's given to you in story. Why? It said, come and be a part of this story. So let me put you on the ground this morning. Just a few verses. But I don't want to take you to the finale yet. I want to set the stage. Any good story sets the stage. Mark 15 33, it'll be on the screen. I want you to picture it. I want you to hear it. I want you to feel it. When the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. It's another language. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. But he tells us what it means. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders hearing it said, hey, I think he's calling on Elijah. Somebody ran and filled a sponge with sour wine because he had said he was thirsty. They put it on a reed, gave it to him to drink. They're saying, well, let's see if Elijah comes and takes him down. Jesus uttered a loud cry, breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Apparently that was a huge feat because it was very thick. And when the centurion, the guy who was in charge of the crucifixion, stood there facing him, saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they, and you could say had, okay, they had followed him. They had ministered to him, and they were also many, there were also many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. 
So before we talk about this time and place, let's talk about our time and place, 2022. How is it? How is our time and place right now? Is it hard? A little bit. How about for people in Ukraine? A little bit. Did you know that the thing that we all wish would just go away, COVID, has killed almost a million people in the United States? Do you know it's killed over 6 million people worldwide? Myself included, okay, in this. I remember at the beginning being like, bah, it's not that big of a deal. I'm fine. Everybody, anybody do that? <laughs> I feel fine. I should just be able to go out there, make my own decision. You know, all this, I've done all of those things. I've said all of those things. And now that we're here, over 6 million people have died from this. It's not a big deal. There's another time. Does, does that number ring a bell to you? Six million people dead. Does that, number ring, does that number ring a bell for you? It does for me. The Holocaust. We hear that number and we go, can you believe it? Six million people. And yet here we are with six million people. And I'm not trying to say anything about what you think or what you've said or how you feel or anything political. I'm just trying to say, how is 2022? Uh, kind of hard. A little difficult. Some would say... There's a lot of division. Hatred still has a hold. Others would say might doesn't make right. We're watching just things crumble. That loneliness is still as present, even though we would say we are more connected than ever. Anybody ever sat on a Delta flight and watched those videos that you just wish they would turn it off so you can keep watching the movie? It's just like, no! I don't want to see this. I don't care if we crash. You ever had that? It's like, no more, no more do they do the, like, the real, like, if in the event of a water emergency, they're like, you can find that in the seat pocket. Now they're like, we are more connected than ever. We are flying all together, and we're with you every step of the way. And all I think about when they're saying that is, yeah, and you're charging me for bags, and I'm wearing this mask, and would you just turn off the video so I can watch the movie? Right? That's 2022 for me, a little bit. Just, just a little inside look. That's how 2022 feels. And is this passage a little bit of heavy reading for Easter Sunday? It is. It is. But I think it's important to put us on the ground. It's important for you to know some of the details. You know, somebody had to be there to tell you these details. Somebody had to see it for themselves so that you could know what was happening. So let's pretend it was Mary that was interviewed. And that actually is one of the theories. This gospel is Mark. Mark was not there, but it is thought that the other gospel writers borrowed from Mark. If you're looking somewhere to start in the Bible of how can I read something, what should I read? Go to Mark. You know why it's great? It's short. It is. He's succinct. He's like, here's what happened. Here's what happened. The other gospel writers borrowed from him. Matthew and Luke, they all look very similar. The stories are very similar. John goes off, waxes poetic all over the place. It's, it's pretty cool too. It depends on what mood you're in. But you get the details. And so Mark probably interviewed the mother of Jesus who said, yeah, let me tell you. Mary, tell me about the day. That day, the crucifixion. We were so afraid. The boys were gone. 
they'd run away. Well, no, that's not true. John was, John was still with me. But every, all of them had just run, terrified. And even we watched from a distance. I couldn't, I couldn't watch my son up close. We watched from far away. And it was, I remember the darkness. It was so dark. It was a darkness that you felt like could get inside of you, that couldn't be overcome. And it was the middle of the day. We were terrified. Who was there, Mary? Well, there were soldiers on crucifixion duty. There were the other criminals, other women with us, Pharisees, religious leaders, others just wanted to see something. And Jesus, he, he was there. What was happening to Jesus, Mary? He was in pain. He was thirsty. He was alone. He was cold. He was naked. He was bleeding. He was calling out. And he was praying. People were saying that he was calling on Elijah. I knew that's not what he was doing. They thought maybe he's the son of God. And I can hear Mary at this point, if you got her on this day saying, I, I thought so too. I, I thought so too. But he's, he's dead. He was dead. Even the centurion was kind of too little too late. He surely was the son of God. How does that work? How can the son of God be killed? Mary, if you had to say one thing about that day, what would it be? Well, I suppose we saw Jesus die. We watched him die. They killed him. There was a moment when the lights went out, when death had claimed its victory. The king of love had given up his life, the darkest day in history. We watched it happen on that hill in Jerusalem place on that day, time. We witnessed the death of God. So just a few thoughts before we move to the next passage that jumped to me. And before I give those to you, I want to ask you a question. Does anybody on this day have clarity about what is going on other than Jesus? Not a one. If you've ever felt like, I don't get all of this. This is too hard. I just have more questions than answers. You're not alone. You're not alone. They don't know what's happening. First, the darkness. What is darkness in the Bible? Can you think of other places where you maybe have heard or seen darkness highlighted? The first would be Genesis. The beginning, the earth was void and formless and darkness covered the face of the deep. How about the next book, Exodus, the plagues? What was one of the plagues? Darkness. Darkness is a sign of a couple of things. One, God's judgment. Okay. Two, he's about to do something. He's about to do something. Judgment. But interestingly, in this moment, who is the judgment upon? Jesus, 
This is, if you want to know kind of the basics of the gospel, it's that you aren't judged provided you accept that he was. His wrath, God's wrath poured out on Jesus. So darkness, two, forsaken. My God, my God, why have you cut me off? Forsaken me. Isaiah 53 gives us a clear image of this. He was smitten, cut off as one from whom men hide their faces. And we thought he was just stricken, afflicted, but he was pierced. He was crushed by the father. Darkness, forsaken he made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. God's judgment forsaking his own son so that we could experience life. The temple curtain torn in two. What does that mean? Simple and not so simple. He was torn. Symbolic of him being torn to get you in, to get you close, not by your own effort, but the cross. So why is all this important? Because it was in a particular place and time that God entered the planet, lived, breathed, walked around, ate, drank, spoke, held people's hands, lifted them up, bled and gasped and cried out and breathed his last. He brought eternity into time. He squeezed the omnipotent into place. Time and place matter. And the people who saw it happen, let me remind you one more time, who watched him die, do not have the answers yet. They couldn't put these things together, but the story isn't over. So if you're answering, if you're needing answers today, you need help or hope, you fit right in. <laughs> You fit right in with some of the best writing in the Bible. And the Psalms are full of it. But it's not over. Verse 42, evening had come. It was the day of preparation. That is the day before the Sabbath. Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council. So had some money, but was also a part of the religious leadership. Okay. Who also himself who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage, went to Pilate, and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that Jesus had already died. The other gospels let us know that he actually went to make sure, stab him, pierce his heart with the spear, make sure blood and water come out. If that's it, yeah, then I'll give you the body. So summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. That was Mark's way of putting it in one sentence. <laughs> The other gospels like say, ah, there was more than that, Mark. Let me tell you. So when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted what? The corpse. The corpse to Jesus. He granted the corpse to Joseph. Joseph bought a linen shroud, taking him down. Think about that. Think about that. Respected religious leader, got his buddy Nicodemus. How do you do that? How do you do that? Will you put a ladder up? You get a hammer? You, you pry things loose? What do you do when somebody who weighs, I don't know, at least probably 170 pounds, who's dead, falls on your shoulder? 
You're a respected person. How do you do that? How do you get him down? He did it though. Got him down. Wrapped him in linen. Laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. More eyewitnesses. Joseph of Arimathea, respected member of the council, a religious guy. Maybe he knows what's what. He can tell us what's going on. Pilate, Roman ruler, politician, concerned about keeping order, appearance, and getting out of this hole called Israel. He hates it. He hates it. And the women are still there. What do all these people say? Joseph, no doubt, is showing some courage. The Bible tells you he took courage to do this, to go and ask. But what does he know about Jesus at this point? What does Joseph of Arimathea know about Jesus at this point? He is dead. That's it. Now, I've read this before, and I love the courage. And I'm like, oh, man, what a step of faith. What an awesome step of faith. At the same time, though, what is he going to do? Is he preparing for the resurrection? Is he wrapping him to prepare him for the resurrection? No, this is a funeral. This is a funeral. He's dead. So what are they doing? Same question to Joseph of Arimathea, Pilate and the women. What did you guys see? What does the account say? We saw Jesus died and we saw Jesus buried. He was killed and they put him in the ground. What did Joseph receive from Pilate? A corpse. Happy Easter. A corpse. And what are they doing? They're going to a funeral. It is post-death paying your respects. It's the right thing to do. It's what you do. You pay your respects. But make no mistakes, this is a funeral. So reading these details from a historical standpoint, and a lot of people do, a lot of scholars, a lot of historians throughout the years, you can find plenty of books on this, would say, and this is where it ends, folks. Sorry, church people. Sorry, sentimental, myth-pursuing Christians. This is where it ends. He's dead. Others would go even further to say, this proves that God is dead. And honestly, that he wasn't God in the first place because there is no God, right? We know these, these stories. We've talked to these people. We've probably been there ourselves. Some may be there this morning. You could say that the faith of Joseph, also Nicodemus and Mary is sentiment. They're living and acting even in a very religious way like Jesus God is dead because he is. Can't move past this stuff. It's so important to feel it, to feel what they are feeling. How many of us might say that Jesus is alive, but we only live as if we are paying him our respects every Sunday? We come, I'm here this Sunday, here to pay my respects, brought some spices and linen and Candles, um, you know, we, do, we have the motions, we have the things we do, the things we say, we have the songs we sing. I'm here to, it's the right thing to do, right? It's the right thing to do. Because if God was really alive, he would be here in this time and space in my life right now, and he wouldn't be so hard to find. That's why I pay my respects every Sunday, because I don't know what else to do. I don't know where else to find him. 
Joseph had a body. Is that all you have? A corpse of Jesus? A body but no life? The flesh and bone of Jesus but decaying? No hugs, no conversation, no meals together, no power for transformation, no promises, therefore no future. Could it be said of our own religion that when we worship him, it is no more than wrapping him up in grave clothes every Sunday? I'm talking to myself too, folks. Like putting fresh flowers on a tombstone. We might as well buy the plastic ones and call it a day. We don't have to go as often. They last longer. They look fresh. There it is, kids. That's the grave of Jesus. What does it say, Dad? Hang on. Here lies Jesus, alleged son of God, born sometime around 0 AD, died 33 AD. We'll come back. We'll do this here and there throughout our life. It's the right thing to do. We'll pay our respects. But it's just a monument. It's just a stone with an inscription, just another person who died. It's hard to see in the dark, isn't it? But darkness can also be a canvas, a backdrop, an empty space to paint life. I was reading yesterday in my own time with Jesus. We encourage you to spend time with Jesus. If you need help doing that, I'd love to show you how to do that. I use a Bible in one year app. The reading I had for yesterday was Luke 17. And as I mentioned earlier, Eugene Peterson has kind of, I've been very drawn to Eugene Peterson. Um, I love his faithfulness as a pastor. He was just reading his memoir, The Pastor. He talks about how he had the opportunity to teach Greek and Hebrew, get a PhD and all those things. He was super, super smart. And he said, you know what? I don't want to do that. I want to find a little place and care for people and teach them to love Jesus. And I don't want big business church. I don't want to be lured into that stuff. And right now that's very good for my heart. And I want to learn from him. I want to, I'm, ment I'm being mentored by Eugene Peterson, even though Eugene is in heaven. But that's probably a pretty good mentor to have. Maybe. <laughs> um, so I was reading, and I'm reading the message translation these days in my time with Jesus. And that's kind of his sermons, basically. He translated the whole Bible. It's one of the most amazing. It's a paraphrase, but honestly, before the year 400, nobody had Bibles. Everybody was telling a paraphrase. <laughs> so all those people made it. They're home and, you know, so whatever. Here we go. John 7, Luke 17. And here was the verse. And I preached on this verse, but I didn't preach it this way. Oops. Um, the context is the disciples are asking a big old question. How will we know? How will we know when the kingdom of God is here? How will we know when the day is here, when everything's just going to be pushed into eternity? It's going to be awesome. How will we know? And Jesus says something very interesting. He says this, this is Eugene's translation. Trying to take all this in, the disciples said, Master, where? He told them, watch for the circling of the vultures. They'll spot the corpse first. And this part blew me away yesterday. The action will begin around my dead body. 
Now, I've read the other versions. It's like, where the vultures are, there the corpse will be. And you're like, okay, that's pretty hard to interpret. I was like, thank you, Eugene. The action will begin around my dead body. What do we have at this point? A dead body. Good start. Look out. Something amazing is about to happen. Mark 16, verse 1. Last few verses here. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. I find it very interesting that you have two people who are trying to show love and affection to Jesus, and they both have spent something of theirs that honestly is going to a dead guy. <laughs> Joseph of Arimathea buys a linen shroud, would have been very expensive, pays for the tomb, very expensive. Mary, they buy spices, also expensive. Why? We want to honor Jesus. Just a little side thing there. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen. Now in English, that's a beautiful play on words, right? Read it again. Very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen. Ah, nice. They went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? That's their first order of business. You'd worry, we worry like this, don't we? I just don't know how this is going to work out. It's going to be great. Like on the way, they're like, who's going to move the stone? I don't know. That stone is heavy. We can't do that by ourselves. We could try. We can't get it. We're not going to be able to move it. Okay. It's a conversation. Who will roll away the stone for us? Looking up, they saw the stone has been rolled back. It's, it, I love this, Mark. Great job. It was very large. <laughs> of all the things, he's like, oh, the stone is rolled. Can you put in there? It was very large. Got it. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side. Details. Details. Dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. He said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. Cue the music. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Now go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Just as he told you, and they went out, fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Very early on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb. Time and place grounding you in scripture and that this is a real deal. This really happened. But what is still true for them about their time and place as they go? Time cannot be reversed. Death cannot be reversed. Jesus is gone. Hope is lost. We saw him die. We saw him buried. Now we got to get on with life. We saw him die we saw him buried. Now we must get on with life. There are probably people in your life. There may be you on this kind of, where should I go this way or the other? Do I keep worshiping God who I still haven't seen yet? Or do I just get on with life like the rest of the world and forget this whole thing? Did they have questions at this moment in time? Many. Do we? Their questions, how, who will roll away the stone? How will we do this? How will we make it through? Who can heal my broken heart? Who can give me hope? 
Who can answer my loneliness? Who can give me something to live for? Who cares about me if I'm here or not? Who looks for me when they come in the room? Who can wash away my shame, sin, and guilt? And in time and place, the unexpected, in darkness and decay, a breath in bleak darkness, vibrant color and light. Who moves the stone? No man. You know what I think? I think Jesus stood up because the Bible says, who raised Jesus from the dead? Trick question. The Bible will tell you it was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In, in different verses, you will see that God raised God from the dead. And so Jesus raised himself from the dead. The Father raised him from the dead and the Spirit raised him from the dead. And so I think Jesus stood up and he said, hey, I made you move. No problem. Because he speaks and the earth listens. Just as fantabulous, that's a made up word, but it was video. Our worship arts team, Daniel Olson, wrote that script. Just spectacular. God speaks to particles. He speaks to dust and dirt and clay and it moves. It moves. It has to. But the women weren't there to see that part. They didn't get to witness that, which should encourage you. Nobody witnessed the actual resurrection of the dead, of Jesus, but they gave their lives for it. So they had pretty much as much information as you. So they get a little help here. They walk in and a little bit of a supernatural jump start to their souls. There are there's an angel. Another gospel says it was two standing there, sitting there on the right side in dazzling apparel. Nice outfit. Thank you. It's my Easter outfit. <laughs> and one of the things I noticed right away, what does the angel say? Come and see the place where they laid him. Go ahead. Walk over there. Yeah, sit down. It's okay. You're not going to catch something. Touch it. That's it. That's the place. Don't forget the place. Don't forget this time this morning. Because you seek Jesus of Nazareth, don't you? You're looking for Jesus, aren't you? He was crucified, but he's risen. He's not here. And you've probably heard a preacher at a time or two talk about the next verse Go tell his disciples and Peter. A little bit of a extra. Not just tell the disciples. Tell the disciples and don't forget to tell Peter because we all know what he did. It's kind of what he's saying and how he's feeling about life right now. Don't forget to tell him. And don't you know it, when we read the other gospels, Peter is running with John. And John outruns him and I'm sure Peter was really upset about that. <laughs> You've always done that. Quit. Just chucks by. You get to see John being like, <laughs> you know, as he runs past. So, but he runs because the news is so great. And what does the angel tell them? There you will see him. You will see Jesus alive. But we saw him die. We saw him buried. I don't care. You will see him alive. And they were afraid. Don't skip that part. 
Everything didn't just come all together and everything's great from now on. No, all these people would step into their walk with Jesus over the next, we're looking at this in the book of Acts, they would step into this over the next 20, 30 years and most of them would give their lives for this. Okay, so it's not like it was all like, everything's great. You know, before we couldn't pay the bills, the car was broken, the kids were sick. And now that we know Jesus, everybody's healthy. We have all the money we'll ever need. The car works. I don't know how it's, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Not that Jesus can't provide for us and he doesn't provide for us. He does, but they were afraid. They were afraid (laughs) at the news. If you've never moved past the first two statements, we saw Jesus die we saw him buried. If you've never moved past like, wow, that's such a great thing that he did for me. I come and pay my respects every week. I honor him that he did that. What a great thing. What a kind, kind person who loved us and we should love each other. We should do a good job of loving each other. Yeah. If you've never moved past those things, hear what the word of God invites you to this morning, to see him alive. There you will see him alive. God is inviting us to see him alive. I'm going to invite the worship team up to see the great love with which he has loved us by offering up his life for us. Willingly, as the video reminded us, a choice and a choice that was backed by a plan that was eternal and sovereign and never out of sync and never in danger of not happening. God was on the move. He's on the move for you this morning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for just the chance to reflect and remember and think about this morning. Lord, as Daniel said at the beginning, and I'll just kind of say it here at the end, if you are not risen, we're toast. We are to be pitied. But God, we stand here as a small group of people saying, Lord, we believe yet help our unbelief. Lord, if we are living as if you, yeah, did an amazing loving thing for us and that you died and that you were buried, but we've never moved past to the place of seeing you alive. More than just Sunday, Lord, in the regular everyday stuff of life. God, would you do what you did for them? which is pursue us, show us, Lord. Bring transformation into our hearts this morning. Lord, we pray as we uh, just sing just a fantastic song of celebration, Lord. What a glorious, glorious day. Lord, may we mean it that we also have come running out of the grave, alive in Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Jesus, we want to say, good job. Good job. (laughs) Amazing. Beautiful work. Thank you. Amen. Let's stand together.